This is Real Ghost Stories Online. I am Johnny Bruski. Thank you for finding us. Whatever platform you may be listening to us through, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Try and put the show in as many places as we possibly can so you can enjoy the show, What uh, whatever setup you may be listening to us on. Uh, again, uh, if you are listening to us and you like the show, maybe this is your second time back, maybe it's uh, your fifth or sixth time back, you're a loyal listener, please be sure to share the love. Let a friend know about this show. The more people we have listening, the better the show we can make for you, the better the interviews we can get, and uh, really the more fun we can have uh, doing this show, because I really, truly do love doing this uh, as often as we can. I know I say every week, and we're kind of back in a, a bit of a swing of doing it every week. It's just a matter of finding the time to do it every week, because if this is my full-time job, oh, my world would be wonderful. But unfortunately, like all of you out there, I have a real job, uh, and that's that's running an advertising company. But uh, this is really one of my the, the funnest part of my week. I love putting this show together. I love talking to you guys, and I love... Uh, talking to the folks who have so many interesting experiences. Coming up on some future shows, we are, are going to be talking about a myth, a legend, a story that actually does have some tinges of reality to it, I guess. I guess, so to speak. Uh, something called the Goat Man. Mm-hmm. The Goat Man. Now, this sounds like almost a fable, doesn't it? The old Goat Man, he'll come and take your Halloween candy from you if you've been a bad little boy or girl. No, actually, there is stories of people seeing this thing called the Goat Man. It's more than just uh, an urban legend. Uh, we're also going to talk with a gentleman uh, behind the book uh, about the Goat Man and Washington County Paranormal in Wisconsin, my old homeland of Wisconsin. Uh, we'll talk to him about uh, those two things on some upcoming episodes. Very interesting story. It's always kind of creepy when you hear those stories about something that is otherwise known as an urban legend, uh, but also has some people claiming they've seen the thing in, in reality. There, there's so many of those entities, if you will, out there, whether they be Bigfoots or werewolves or whatever, uh, when there's that tinge of people who truly are normal in every other aspect of their life, but they will swear on their children's life that they saw this thing. You've got to wonder, what exactly, what exactly was that that they're talking about? If you have a story like that about something, some entity... That may otherwise be known as an urban legend, whether it be something like the Goat Man. Let us know. Share your story with us on our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. Click on that Share Your Story button and tell us about what it is that you've experienced. You can remain completely anonymous. We don't have to say who you are by any means. Just go ahead and uh, drop us a note on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Got a bunch of great letters in the mail this week. Uh, on our website for people telling us their ghost stories, and we will get to some of those in just a few minutes here on the show. First, let's go to a ghost story caller and hear a real ghost story. Yes, you are on the air. There was an old mansion where I used to live in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. And so there was about three or four of us that got together, and every now and then the person that caretaker of it, they'd let us go through. Well, we have to find this one door and it was, you would have never noticed it was a, you know, what, what's the word I want to use? It was 
uh, it looked like the wall, but we pressed it, and there was a wall, and it opened up, and we went through this little alleyway, like, in behind the wall. Sure, so it was, it it was a secret door. Yeah, and, oh, my God, we, we were walking through it. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it, and there was cobwebs hanging down and everything, and we got halfway through uh the little hallway and all of a sudden because we had like a flashlight our flashlight went out now it's battery operated it went out and there was a breeze you could feel it it didn't take us long to get out of there we you were know. in a confined area where there wouldn't have been a way for a breeze to come in no it wasn't that's that's very spooky, spooky. Uh, especially with a flashlight going out, because that's one of those things you always hear of. If there's some sort of energy or entity in the area, it, it just sucks all the the life out of out of electronic devices, especially batteries. And it did. It just went off, and and then when we turned around, we started running back where we come through, and we were oh, I, I'd say maybe twenty feet from where we come in, the light come back on. It was like, oh, no, you ain't coming through here, you know? <laughs> it was spooky. I mean, it was crazy. And I was I was probably about 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it still sticks with you. It's like, oh, my God, you're going through this secret, you know, hallway and behind everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, your light goes off. And there was about four of us girls, my sisters and a friend of ours. And then... I mean, there was no way nobody could have done that, you know, I mean, because we thought about it afterwards. But was there somebody in there? How would it do the flashlight? I wonder if whatever it was was trying to keep you away from something, and, and what what was it? Yeah, and we still to this day, we never went back. <laughs> and I can't honestly say I blame you for, for never going back. Thank you for that call. If you have a real ghost story to share, please let us know. Go to our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. Click on that Share Your Ghost Story button or tell us your ghost story button at the top of the page and uh, share your ghost story with us. We may read it here on the air. It's up to you if you want to be anonymous or share your name. That is your call completely. And remember, subscribe to the show, no matter what platform you're listening to us on, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, your feedback, your subscribing makes the show that much better. So please do press that subscribe button and leave us a little feedback, too, if you would. Uh, you know, the, that little bit of feedback helps the show uh, bump up, if you will, in the rankings, gets more people aware that we even exist and the more people will find the show and enjoy it uh, just as much as we like doing it and you uh, you like listening to it. So, All right, on to the next order of business to this episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. We have a real ghost story letter that was sent to us earlier in the week, uh, right after our last show that we did. And I'll go right to that right now. It's uh, coming to us from an anonymous individual who wants to remain anonymous. Says, I was listening to your latest podcast and you mentioned your daughter acknowledging things that are not there. My son did the same thing. And my wife, myself, and anyone who saw it believe it was of a supernatural variety. But I'm getting ahead of myself. When my son was a few months old, my wife and I lived in a tiny apartment meant for one person in Brooklyn. When I first moved in, before my son was born, I started having these weird dreams with a dark figure chasing me 
trying to scare me. I thought it was just anxiety because I was starting a new chapter in my life. I wasn't sleeping well for a few weeks, and my wife asked me what was wrong. When I told her, she was surprised, as I had just described the nightmares she, too, was having. It felt like something was not happy that we were there. After a while, the dreams went away mostly because I moved our bed away from the window to be by the kitchen. But every now and then something would happen. Pots and pans moving around, computers turning on by themselves in front of me. But nothing big. Both my wife and I have had a history with the paranormal. And through our experiences, we tend to block things away from us. So while these things were interesting, we didn't dwell on them. When my son was born, he had problems sleeping, mostly due to stomach problems. So being in this tiny apartment with a crying baby led to no one getting any sleep. My wife and I would take turns trying to sleep. I had the late night shift and one night I went to the kitchen. It really was part of the living room with a wall dividing the room, but a window you could look into the living room with. I went to make a bottle and eat some ice cream and saw an old woman drift past me to my son's crib and fade away. I rubbed my eyes and told myself that the exhaustion was making me see things. A few days later, I saw something darker. While I do think it was due to the lack of sleep, I called my mom to ask her for help so that my wife and I could catch up with sleep. A few months passed. My son got to the age where he was engaging us more, laughing, trying to talk, that kind of thing. He moved his head more and started to turn over by himself in his crib. When he would see us, he would gurgle and giggle and follow us with his head and eyes. One day, my wife told me to look at my son. He was in the crib and gurgling and doing the things he would do to us, but there was no one there. We tried to explain it away. Maybe there's a spot on the ceiling, maybe this was what babies do, but sometimes you get creeped out as it looked like he was engaging someone, and it started to happen more often. It would be in the same spot, too. We'd move him around the room, and his eyes would stay fixed to that spot. I would check out the spot, and there was nothing there, just white paint which covered the rest of the ceiling. After a few days of this happening, we noticed that he would fixate on a different spot at times. His changing table was by a window in the corner. When we take him there, he would look at the corner, do a hearty laughing giggle like he was having the best time of his life. Sometimes he would stop and reflect and start laughing and smiling like someone was talking to him. He would act like that with only myself, my wife, and my mom, and only for a little while. But when he was in the corner, he would giggle and have a grand old time the whole time he was there. We were fine with all this for a few weeks. We just thought that this is what some babies do. But after a while, when he was in his crib, he started to get a scared look on his face when looking at the ceiling. I would move him away and he would be agitated. He would keep looking at that spot. A few days of that and then he started crying at night and now he would look at that spot and have a terrified look on his face i moved his crib which helped a little but his eyes would always look at that spot on the ceiling no more gurgling giggling or anything like that just pure terror his stomach issues had been resolved so before all this happened we were sleeping more when he started being scared by whatever he would cry into the night so no sleep was had by anyone 
During the day, he would look scared. During the night, he would look terrified and cry. We didn't want to believe that anything supernatural was bothering our son, so we looked for any solution. We went to the doctor and begged for help. He told us that he would grow out of it and he's probably looking at a paint spot or a shadow or something. I explained that I checked all of this out and that wasn't it. At certain times of the day, there was no shadows and I also changed the lighting in there to dispel any shadows. I checked the ceiling and the paint was fairly recently painted and uniform. He gave us the whole don't worry, they grow out of it attitude that doctors have and was no help at all. I called my mom to take my son to her house for a few days to give us relief. I told her what was going on and she kind of made fun of me and said we were probably imagining stuff due to the lack of sleep. A little background here. I grew up in a haunted apartment. When we kids told my mom a weird thing, she would poo-poo us or laugh it off. Years later, I got her to admit that she knew stuff was going on. Her defense was, what could she do? Back then, there were no resources, no internet, no ghost shows, and no explanations. So her way of dealing was trying to make us not believe so we wouldn't feed whatever was there. She came over to our apartment and went over my son's crib, not before making fun of me more, but I wasn't pushing the matter. My son would usually light up when she was around, but she could see that something was bothering him. She even looked at where he was looking, almost expecting to see something. She looked for an explanation, but couldn't find one. She looked scared because she had never seen my son like that before. Other than his stomach issues, he was usually a happy baby whose eyes would light up for Grandma. She moved him around the room and saw he was still focused on that spot. She looked at me in disbelief. Then she took him over to the changing table. Once she saw his reaction, his face lighting up and laughing so uproariously, at that spot, my mom's eyes started to well up a bit. She said in a low voice, Maybe this is my mother? Honestly, I don't know if whatever was there was grandma, but I do know whatever was there was a comfort to my son. My mom, who minutes before was making fun of me, realized that something was going on. She suggested we do a water ceremony. In my culture, you do a water on a baby and ask for God's protection. It's almost like a baptism, except you're not in a church and there's no priest. You invite family members and friends over and say prayers and ask God to protect the child and anoint his head with holy water. I believe this practice may have evolved from there being a shortage of priests that would travel to rural areas to conduct a baptism in the place where my mom's family is from. Because whatever was scaring my son was getting worse. I agreed and we got everything together as soon as we could. After my son was blessed and we brought him back home, there was a change in his attitude. That night he went to sleep and slept through the night. He would sleep through the next few nights as well. But we put that that he was so exhausted from everything that was going on. At first he would still look at the spot on the ceiling, but more like he remembered something was there. After a while of not seeing whatever it was, he stopped looking. In the corner spot, he would still laugh and giggle. But after a while, it lost its intensity and he stopped looking for whatever was there. Like it gradually went away, as opposed to the scary thing that just left after a blessing. When I told my wife I was writing this, she reminded me that we have a video of my son looking at the thing on the ceiling. If I find it, I'll try to send you a copy, if you wish. After all is said and done... I have these thoughts. Let me just pause right there. Yes, sir, if you have that video, please do. 
send it to us. We'd love to share that on our website. Continuing on with the story. From my wife's and my dreams, we gathered that there was a spirit that may have been curious about us and reacted to us in a negative way. From the dreams I got that this was angry and always floating above the ground. His face was black, almost blue, like a burn victim or something. We also talked to a few people that told us there was a bad fire in the building and that people died. But that's all they knew, and we looked around the web for more info and found nothing. So it could all be untrue. We think this was the thing trying to scare my son. We moved our bed because of the noise from the window. But then we realized that when we moved the bed that the dream stopped. This was only after my son started having his experiences. We had our son's crib in the vicinity of that bad spot because it was a spot closest to the heater. I believe the lady is the same one I saw by my son's crib. When I saw her, she looked serene and peaceful. I did not get anything negative off of her. Our sense is that she liked my son and perhaps came to visit because a negative thing was there. We didn't move his crib to that spot because sometimes he would laugh so much there was he'd lose his breath and turn red. Too much of a good thing. When his laughing occurrences happened less and less, to be honest, we were a little sad. During the scariest of times, putting him on the changing table brought us relief and his demeanor would change and he would not look scared. While we lived in that building, we would talk to different people to get a sense of the history of the building. We found out that the building was a YWCHA with a pool where our apartments were. The pool developed cracks in its foundations. So the decision was made to make apartments instead of repairs. When they ripped out the pool, they readjusted where the floors and ceilings were. My wife thinks we always saw him floating in the air because its idea of where the floor was was in a reference to where the pool floor was. This idea was later reinforced when my son would look at the ceiling instead of a person level around his crib. My wife, my mom, and I weren't the only ones to see my son's behavior. Other friends and family would comment on the behavior. Some even videotaped it. They would also look for an explanation and not find anything. We had a repair person come in at first. He was fascinated, but I think it kind of freaked him out a bit, which made me and my wife laugh. I better understand my mom's rationale of how she dealt with the paranormal. The worst feeling in the world is to know that something negative is around your child, followed by the lack of help there is out there. You feel useless. There is a new pill you take to make these things go away, and you're lucky that the blessing worked as well as it did. We didn't want to believe what was happening was paranormal while it was happening, but after the blessing, we had to admit that this is what it was. My son was too small to be reacting to cues from us. Five months old, I believe. We eventually moved, but before that, there were no more incidents. He's a nice and normal little four-year-old now, and I make sure that he doesn't play with any imaginary friends. Thank you so much for that story, sir. I really do appreciate you taking the time to write that out. That was a long story, and I really do appreciate the effort that you put into that. Uh, wow. If you do have that video, please do share it with us. Uh, that was an amazing story. 
Uh, if you have a ghost story, we would love to hear it. You go to our website at Real Ghost Stories Online, click on the Tell Us Your Story button or share your story, and uh, send it right to us. You can remain anonymous if you like. It's completely up to you, but we'd love to hear your story, and we may share it on a future episode of realghoststoriesonline.com. I also want to remind you, if you're enjoying the show, if you're liking the show, Tell your friends about the show. That's the only advertising we got. It's the best kind. It's word of mouth. It's what helps us grow organically and uh, really get people excited about the show. So uh, tell all your friends about it. Subscribe to us no matter what platform you may be on. Press that subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube, wherever you may be finding us. Make sure you find a way to keep getting our shows so you don't miss any of them because we got a lot of them uh, plan for the future some really fun interviews of course your letters your stories that's what we do here every single week at real ghost stories online let's go to a ghost story caller hello you are on the air we lived next to a house that was built uh, in el dorado very very early mm-hmm. it was uh, a doctor's office at one point back in the 50s okay and my son was running next door in the yard to play with one of the kids and he came got scared and ran back home and asked my ex-husband if if the spirits were real because he saw a little boy with red eyes standing in the yard and then it ran away from him and ran into the doctor's office. Oh, that's creepy. It was creepy. It what freaked me out about the whole thing is, you know, the Amityville Horror, which my son was only six, five or six at the time and he's never seen it. But remember the pigs had red eyes? Yeah, the red-eyed pig, you're right. Yeah, and that's what freaked me out about it. That's weird. It's not like he just ran up to you and said, I saw a ghost or something like that. He's, exactly. Uh, the way he inquired about it makes you think that that he actually saw something and it wasn't just, you know, a child making something up. Exactly. Again, you got to really wonder, what are kids seeing? Uh, in the previous episode I talked about when I was a kid, and I know this was not uh, anything paranormal happening. It really was my imagination running away, but it was after I watched Thriller uh, for the 10th time one day. Uh, when it was time for me to go to bed, I, 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 to this day, remember looking around my house and seeing those zombies standing in doorways of which I had to go through, and I would not go through those doorways. I was screaming. My mom was yelling at me. It's fine. There's nothing there. Just go. And I'm looking up the stairs, and there's Michael Jackson, zombie Michael Jackson, uh, you know, standing there. And I was just completely freaked out. So, of course, there's, there's of course, instances where it is literally anxiety and your imagination running away with you. And then there's much more than that that's going on. There's far too many stories and far too many cases of children seeing things, people being visibly aware, like that that the, the letter we read earlier. That was not just, you know, a one-time child's anxiety getting out of control. That was a day-in, day-out, this is happening, what is going on here type story. And then you, you have to wonder, too. I mean, if you're going to look at it From a real scientific perspective, then you also have to wonder, too, could there be something else going on um, with a child? Is there uh, something going on with the brain um, as it's developing? Could it be literally hallucinations that that are going on? Or, I mean, that would, of course, be the scientific route, but if there's really, you know, you do brain scans, you do all that data, and there's nothing coming up, there's anything wrong with this child, which very likely there was not, because I'm in no way implying that that child had anything wrong with it, um... You have to kind of go back to that. They might be seeing something that's not necessarily there to our own eyes as adults. Why is it that at such a young age, 
they're more likely to see these things that we're not able to see. Really makes you wonder. If you got stories, real ghost stories, you want to hear them, go to our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. Share your story with us. We would love to hear it. Uh, and again, of course, be sure to subscribe to us. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, hit that subscribe button and share. Share the stories, share the shows on social media. Let your friends know about us. The more people we have listening to us, enjoying the show every week, uh, the bigger our show can get, the more interviews we can get, and the better we can make this show because it is really fueled by you. Let's go to another caller. Hi, you're on the air. Twelve years ago, my niece died in, in the apartment in that I had built into my barn. Mm-hmm. And a couple days after she had passed away, I got up to go make coffee and I walked through the living room and she was sitting in the rocking chair and I told her I said oh I said let me go make the coffee babe and I'll be right back so we can visit and I I got part way making the coffee and it dawned on me that that was her spirit and I ran back in there but she was already gone I just kicked myself for not paying more attention so you had just kind of gone in there nonchalantly thought oh here she is because it was so routine for her to be there exactly it was very routine for her to come over and just walk on in and sit and wait to visit Mm -hmm. so yeah messed up big time on that one because she didn't ever come back and see me again what do you think she wanted to say you know i don't i am not she it was a suicide so i'm not real sure but i i surely would have liked to have found out (laughs) Would you say it's at all reassuring at all, though? I mean, to know in the way that, yeah, that she, she passed seemed, that... Right, she seemed content at that yeah. point and doing the routine things. Yeah, I, I, it was. It really was comforting other than I would have liked to have sure. known what was going on other than reading her journal, so yeah. But just being, being able to see her almost, being able to yeah. know that, that she's still out she's there still on, on some plane. Exactly, she's still with us. Thank you for the call. These are always really difficult stories to hear and really kind of contemplate someone who takes your life what happens where are they where are they at were they meant to go at the time they chose where did they move on to you hear a lot of stories of of people taking their own lives and then still appearing if you will to folks uh, who who they left behind still trying to communicate some sort of message still unhappy which is think the saddest part of when you hear a, a suicide story that's that's then followed up with uh, a ghost story is if they were trying to escape the unhappiness that they were experiencing in their real life and then they moved on to the other side and they're still unhappy how do they ever escape that that's a really really scary scary proposition this is Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, my name is Tony Bruschi. Thank you so much for joining us. You can, of course, share your ghost stories. That's what fuels our show every single week. We could not do it without you guys and you guys sending us your stories. You can do that at realghoststoriesonline.com. Click on that share your story button and send us your ghost stories or even interview ideas. If you are a member of a paranormal society, maybe you got something to do with ghost hunting. Maybe you are a ghost hunter. We would love to talk to you and have you on the show in a future episode. So uh, do get in contact with us at Real Ghost Stories Online. And of course, subscribe to the show. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever you're listening to us on. Keep up to date and don't miss any future episodes. Of course, share the show as well. Tell your friends about us. That's what fuels our show. Got another letter here. Let's go right to that. This came to us this week. 
from another listener. Uh, and it kind of falls into the line of the theme that we've been talking about. Isn't that funny how sometimes letters just come in, pieces come in, that all piece together into one specific theme or idea? That happens so many times in life. And you got to go, eh, coincidence? I don't know. Anyway, this uh, it comes to us uh, from a woman who's in her 20s, and she's talking about uh, things that she saw as a child. And again, what we've kind of been talking about today is uh, paranormal experiences that children have that we as adults witness and feel fairly helpless to. Uh, so let's go to this letter. This uh, woman writes, The first one happened when I was about six years old. I was living in a fairly nice house in a really small town in northwest Washington. The whole family had experiences in the house, including a spirit that liked to stand behind my mom and whisper her name in her ear. My big experience was seeing a full-body apparition in our kitchen one day when I was alone in the house. My dad was at work, my brothers were at their friend's house, and my mom and sister were outside tanning. I went inside to grab a drink of water, and standing in my kitchen was a translucent man wearing a suit. We looked at each other dead in the eye for probably 30 seconds. I blinked, and he was gone. Needless to say, I ran outside screaming to my mother about it, who told me that it was a trick of the light. Years later, she told my sister, who had also seen the man in our hallway, and I that the house was indeed haunted, and she and my father had both both seen and heard the things that they can't explain. My second story comes years later when we'd moved from Washington down to Arizona. We were living in a single wide trailer in a really awful town in the western half of Arizona. I was 13 or 14 at the time. I had gotten home from my cousin's house at around 1 a.m. during the summer. I came in the living room and saw that my mom was asleep on the couch. I went into the room and tried to sleep, but was still wide awake. Now the walls in this trailer were paper thin so you could hear basically everything that happened in the house. I heard my mom walking around in the living room. Very distinct steps, mind you. So I got up to talk to her. When I got into the living room, she was still asleep on the couch in the exact same position I had seen her in when I came home. I stood there for a second, trying to figure out what I had just heard, when right next to me I heard footsteps walking from the living room into the kitchen. The sound of the footsteps even changed from muffled carpet to bare feet on linoleum. Now the kitchen and the living room were practically the same room. The only separation between the two was a small section of countertop. I heard a few more small footsteps coming from the kitchen, and then the little girl started humming. After the humming started, one of the blinds in my window lifted up and dropped on its own. I didn't feel so scared by this presence, but I thought it was a little girl. However, pretty much the moment I had this thought, I heard three loud stomps heading down the hallway in my direction of the bedroom. They seriously made the window shutter a bit. At this point, I flipped out and woke my mom up. She said, you're probably just dreaming it. Until a few days later, when she saw the washer door slam shut on its own and heard someone stomping around at the living room, when no one was home. Also, our dogs, a Rottweiler and a Pitbull, would randomly bark, growl, and get really defensive towards the hallway. I also saw a lot of unexplained shadows and things in that trailer. It was not a fun place to be. I'm 22 now and haven't had a single real significant experience since I was younger. Those are just two of the craziest things that happened to me. Thank you so much 
for writing us a letter and sharing those ghost stories. I'll very much respect your wish to remain anonymous. If you have a ghost story, give us a call. We would love to hear it, love to share it on the show. That is what fuels this show and our fascination with the topic of ghost stories is hearing more ghost stories. So if you got one, send it to us. Go to our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Click that share your ghost story button or tell us your ghost story button. It's on the top of the page. And please do share your ghost story with us. We will share it with our audience, you guys, on a future episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If there's someone you think we should interview, too, we're always looking for those ideas, too. Let us know about that at realghoststoriesonline.com as well. Please subscribe. That is a big part of this, keeping those subscribers, keeping people listening to the show. It's very much appreciated. That's what fuels the show. That's what makes us bigger. That's what allows us to get better interviews and better shows is more people, more people with the same passion. That's probably you. So make sure you press that subscribe button and do tell a friend about the show on social media or just, you know, there's that old thing called communicating, just, you know, verbally. Hey, I listen to the show. Check this out. Look at this. That's very powerful as well. That does it for this week's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. I am Tony Bruschi. Thank you so much for listening.